Hi, and welcome to Vocal Perspective. Welcome to my first official episode as co-host Yay! with my friend Amanda. Hello. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. I'm starting to love Mondays. Well, like, I didn't like Mondays until I got this gig, and now Mondays are becoming my favorite day. <laughs> so it's really easy to get to five o'clock on Monday now, but maybe a little bit hard because I'm anticipating getting here, but it's made my Monday easier. So thanks. Well, I'm enjoying uh, watching you in your closet full of costumes. So it's incredible. I bet I have something in here I can whip out for our guest we're going to have today. She'll probably be shocked. That I still, actually, she wouldn't be shocked that I'd still have it at all. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Not a single thing has changed. So on that note, I'm going to introduce our guest for today, Miss Lynn Hughes. Now, Lynn, you have num- like letters and stuff before your name now, right? Like, are you Dr. Lynn Hughes? Oh, no, not yet. I wish oh, I was. No, <laughs> I feel like it's coming. It's coming. All right. I felt like in the last 10 years, something would have happened. But she is, in my eyes, she's pretty awesome. And she is one of the most impressive women that I've had the honor of singing with and being friends with. And I mean, she's really influential of the reason I even went to the college I went to. That's true. <laughs> it is. Uh, so like there, we go way back. And not only is she just a fantastic person and friend, she's also a queen right along with me. She was in my first quartet when I was all of 19 years old. And Baby Chris. Um, it's a pretty incredible story. I think I actually told her, Amanda, I was like, hey, you're actually on Aukaville. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. We've been playing you on Aukaville for years now. <laughs> I was like, what? I hawk our CDs everywhere. Like <laughs> That CD for more than coasters. Yes, <laughs> like, we do play it. They play it once in a while. Yeah, it was quite the hit at Harmony uh, Inc. a few years ago when I had a buy one, get it free special. Man. <laughs> People were running. They wanted that Too Hot to Handle CD. <laughs> we still give it away at Cardinal District competitions. <laughs> and it is proudly boasted. Everybody is pretty excited to get the like antique vintage Hot Topic yes, CD. Yes, exactly. <laughs> vintage crazy. <laughs> Girl. Girl, it was 2003. It, I, mean, I it guess is true. So. There are people who were not born who were at these contests. <laughs> like they weren't alive when my children, <laughs> your children, Amanda, yeah. my children. Like, and even some of your listeners, they're probably like, "What?" So I wanted Lynn to come on as a queen, as well as a wife of a barbershopper who has succeeded the ranks and won the gold medal there, and it was not the same type of journey that Lynn and I had. And Lynn had some experiences after being a queen. Both of us have been quartetting post-queens. and But even cooler, Lynn, I mean, I'm thinking you're probably on a little bit of a hiatus right now, but she's in a band. She's like a lead singer. She's, Amanda, she's living our dream. Lynn, Lynn, tell Amanda about your band. First, tell them your name. First, I don't know that it's really a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is. You wait for it. It may seem like the dream, but once you get into it, it's really not all it's cracked up to be. So I sing in an 80s cover band Ah! Mullet Over. Oh my gosh. Um, We do all 80s and so while it is fun I will do not deny that the amount of work that you have to put into a band versus a quartet is ridiculous you know <laughs> and like you prepare you do all these songs you set up for an hour 
you perform for four hours, like in the midnight to 1am hours of the morning, and then you tear down for an hour. In barbershop, you have a pitch pipe and you walk out, (laughs) you sing some songs, and then you leave. (laughs) The biggest discussion is how am I going to do my hair? Is my crown going to stay on for the set? You know, and I think this is, I think it's fascinating because this is somewhere where I think in the acapella worlds, barbershop and contemporary acapella do not see eye to eye. And that's why when I started singing with Amanda and they would call us a vocal band, I used to like giggle. I mean, I'll be honest, Amanda, like a little behind the scenes, I was like, we're a vocal band. And but then as I got into it, like I now know how to set up an entire sound system for a show. I didn't didn't do that in barbershop. You know, I I learned about something about speakers and how you know if it's receiving and and not receiving and females and males and the anatomy in, in audio engineering that I didn't know existed. Yes. So in barbershop, we just don't get that pleasure. And it's an interesting, I feel like this is where you can relate to our acapella. How do we break the acapella, Amanda? How do we break it up between barbershop and contemporary? But then it's contemporary is not really contemporary. I mean, sometimes it's not yeah. contemporary. Well, contemporary acapella for, I mean, hopefully our listeners are familiar, but contemporary acapella includes more, not necessarily instrument sounds anymore. People are getting away from like the, the trying to imitate instruments with a syllable and more so just like a noise, but also there is is usually a bass and oftentimes there's an octave on the bass and then there's percussion so it is more like a band and side note Chris like I know that you were really excited to tell me that Lynn is in an 80s band because Snow Day the group that Chris and I sing with I have an entire repertoire of 80s music ready to go that's and we just awesome. have not been able to debut it yet but I'm so excited about that it. is so fun <laughs> I love it I love it you know and honestly you know when I started singing in the band I, I you know I really didn't think much of it so here's a funny story. I used to be the director of the Children's Museum here in Terre Haute. And the Children's Museum here was founded in 1988. And so to celebrate one of our anniversaries, I think it was our 25th anniversary, I hired an 80s cover band to play at this event. And so we were talking and, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I used to sing in a barbershop quartet, blah, 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 whatever, you know, no big thing. Sidebar, Young MC performed at this event as well. So we did a little bust a move, you know, I'm just hanging out with Busta Move, you know, Young MC, whatever. 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 Um, whatever. It was a good time. But then after they performed at this gig or at this party, they were like, hey, you said you sang in a barbershop quartet. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, we're performing for Hoosier Lottery, like a big Hoosier Lottery event. And wondering if you would want to sing some backup vocals with us. And I was like, sure, why not? And I, I was scared to death because like, there's no music. They're just like, here, listen to these songs. And it's not like, hey, learn these four songs in lead melody. It's like, here's 400 songs that we might do. <laughs> Figure it out. Like Exactly. They're like, here's here's some songs we're going to do. You know, um, we get requests. Like, like, pick a part, you know, pick out a harmony part. You know, this girl's going to sing with us and this girl's going to sing with us. So just find a part and then just make it work. And I was like, well, which part are you going to sing? Like, this takes chord nation i'm used to like You're like am i in the middle like am i on the third like do i need to lay off like is there a- should i flap they- out a little bit or yeah. Yeah. exactly they have no idea who's the second lead like who's the second lead <laughs> and i was like so scared and we're in like this huge you know we're at home center chris and so oh good night you're at the home center it's where i graduated amanda i graduated okay. in the home center <laughs> larry bird played basketball in the home center okay. i have so it. on this huge stage big lights and i was like 
like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? <laughs> it went fine. I mean, I felt like such a little backup dancer though. You know, we had like solid colored shirts and black pants and I, I felt like I should do a little shimmy or something. <laughs> this coming from the girl who's likely saying backup with the uh, new kids on the block a handful of too many times. I, I may have done that as well. But what? <laughs> she okay. might have uh, Jordan Knights and a few other people's direct lines into her phone. I'm not lying, Amanda. All right. It's well, all of my high school, all of my elementary school friends just, you know, died. Yeah. So sidebar here. There are only two people in this world who I think know everyone. And it is the <laughs> two of you. I have not yet found anyone that I cannot connect either of these two ladies to in less than five or six steps. It's pretty incredible. Part of it is that you're both of you are such go-getters. Like your attitudes are just literally you walk in a room before you leave, you found every connection, anything that you could potentially provide to somebody, you see where there's a need and you're right there. It's an incredible thing to watch. And I'm shocked that the two of you, I don't know, I have you know. ever we've not actually met in person met. yet. No. No. Well, because I so didn't I come into barbershop until like ages after you all won. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm well, older. Well, the last time that Lynn was really, I mean, the, Lynn was at it. Were you in Louisville during Louisville, Amanda? No. My, For no. Harmony So that's the last time I remember seeing Lynn at Harmony Inc. was down in Louisville when we all got the Louisville. And oh. uh, that was the last lovely pandemic that we all went through. Well, oh, it wasn't really a pandemic. It was more of a controlled, lovely thing. But compared to what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. we had plans. I know. We I've never have been to Louisville. Plans. I've yeah, never been but there. I needed to go. Hershey. Hershey. Yes. Hershey would be nice. Right. Hershey's going to be lovely. They redid the whole lodge and everything. Does it still smell like chocolate? Like still smells like chocolate when whole, you drive through the yeah, town. Yeah, the whole town smells like chocolate there. But like when you walk into the hotel, like it smells like, I was like, what are you doing to me? So I love that you've just kept singing because let's go back to how you even started singing in a barbershop quartet because I'm going to be honest, when I first met you, I could have probably said over my dead body that girl's going to do a barbershop quartet. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I was always musical. Like, I've always loved music. and Show choir, right? Yeah, yeah. And like when I was like, she's like, yeah, I don't want to admit that. <laughs> I, I did it. I, I, you know, but I didn't do it very long. Like, so when I was a kid, though, like I loved Shirley Temple. Like Shirley Temple was uh. my girl. And I made my mom, I wore these horrible curlers in my hair like overnight those plastic ones oh. where they wrap your hair and then I did that on the regular because I wanted to be like Shirley Temple and so God bless my mom who who was so willing to allow me and, and myself for the torture that I put myself through with those stupid curlers but like I've always loved I always loved singing and then got to middle school my choir director like we had some auditions for something and like he called my parents and he was like she can really sing he said you should get them in lessons and so my parents started me in lessons. They had no idea. I mean, they didn't know what they were doing. They're like, okay, she can sing. Here, take our money. Let her sing for you. <laughs> like, whatever. And then in high school, you know, I started to think, okay, maybe I'm going to, maybe I'll consider music as a career. So when I decided to go to Indiana State, I actually had a game plan to go to Indiana State for my gen ed and then transfer to St. Mary of the Woods College to do music therapy. And so this was a classic case of a uh, big fish in a little pond going 
going to a big pond and panicking <laughs> because <laughs> I can sympathize. Like, you know, it's like, you know, in a small town, Bremen's like 5,000 people. And so like real dark, real early, like no lights. But yeah. So, I mean, you know, when you grow up in a small town, anybody that's grown up, grown up in a small town knows, you know, how easy it is to kind of get your ego inflated when you're good at something, you know? So I was in the musicals. I was, you know, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz and I was Maria in The Sound of Music and I was in show choir and I was in color guard and everybody's like, oh my gosh, she's going to be famous. So, you know, I go to college thinking, okay, I'm going to go sing. I was like, you know, and I'm going to do music therapy as my career, you know, because I was realistic. Obviously, I'm not going to be a famous singer, but I'm going to go do this music thing and I'm going to be great. And I get there and I'm like, these people are good. You had a tough class. You walked into a real, you, you walked, I'm not saying like, it's not, it's one of those things that everybody says, but there are quite a number of the people that went through your year are still professionally like killing it in the music area. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. so I was like, okay, maybe plan B. And so I switched over to journalism and, you know, just kind of, I still did music. I was in the choirs and I, you know, joined SAI. And so, you know, I still did music on the side, but it really wasn't, you know, I was like, I don't, I'm not going to be a musician. I'm not going to pursue music therapy. But then after college, I was like, I do miss music, you know, because when you graduate, what do you do for your <laughs> musical outlet? I mean, you, you just know, sob I, over the void. You you got to do something, you know, because, you know, regardless of whether you pursue it as a And the seeds had been planted. Yes. She walked into a highly barbershop family. Like I did. You, you, I, you can't separate barbershop from the Hughes family. There's three of them, three sons. They all sing barbershop. The dad sings barbershop. The mom sings barbershop. I don't even know. The grandparents might even sing barbershop. I don't know. So the kids all sing barbershop now. All of them do. And, that, you know, the funny thing is, so when I was in SAI, my big sis in SAI was the married to Aaron's older brother, Brian. And so she had recruited their family quartet to come sing at our spaghetti dinner, you know, because that's what you do when you're trying to raise money. You, you sell spaghetti. Free entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> you get your family to sing and you sell spaghetti. <laughs> so the Hughes family quartet came and sang. New shoes. New shoes, exactly. New shoes with their <laughs> cute little pun of a name. And so they sang and that's kind of how I got my introduction to the Hughes family. So Aaron and I started dating and, you know, he was obviously involved with barbershop and I was kind of a barbershop fly on the wall for a long time. You know, I would go to these shows, I would sit, I would listen. Terre Haute was really fortunate to have a building for our chorus rehearsals and shows. And we had this thing called Seventh Heaven. And anybody that has been to a Terre Haute show knows all about Seventh Heaven. Amanda might even know about it and she's never been to one. So <laughs> I have pictures like kind of legend. Legendary, like some some debauchery. Some, I mean, mostly debauchery. I don't know. Mostly I don't think debauchery. the outside world understands how much debauchery is involved in, in barbershop. <laughs> well, and I have to say, like Lynn, I think Amanda has likely had a very similar upbringing as you did into barbershop because she was the voice of Flow Voice, and that's how her introduction to barbershop was. She came in through that. So just watching this, like strange musical universe unfold in front of your eyes. <laughs> Unlike me, who was conceived in it, right? Like, it, I, I'm like, y'all are the weird ones, but nope, I'm the weird one. <laughs> you kind of get introduced and you're like, what is going on here? And why are you all spending all your time here? Like, you know, I mean, Aaron's in his 20s. I'm like, what are you doing hanging out with all these old men up in, <laughs> in the attic of this old building, drinking and eating hot dogs and out of the, <laughs> like, it was just such a, 
weird thing, but like, you know, they would always try to get me to sing tags. They're like, we know you sing, you should sing tags. And I just sat there and I sat there and I sat there and I was like, nope, I'm not gonna do it, not gonna do it. Until one day, I'm sure someone was singing something wrong. And I was like, no, your part is blah, 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 whatever. And they're like, see, you can do it. <laughs> that's how they get so, you. <laughs> it's true, it's true. And so, you know, that's kind of where it all began. And then, you know, I think I honestly don't even remember. I know that Hot Topic formed. How did, see how? Right? Isn't it crazy? So we had known each other, I mean, just through the whole bar. I mean, I went to your wedding. Like at that point, like we were friends, but I couldn't even drink at Lynn's wedding. I couldn't go out to them for her bachelorette party. Like I didn't win my crown until I was 19. So like, I, and I was able to drink there because we were in Canada. Woo woo. But like literally Lynn was there for my 21st birthday. We'll get to, we could get to that point. That was a great night all in all. <laughs> but we met when I was in high school. And so I had high school quartets and we have amazing events in Cardinal District. We would go to Brown County for our camp out. And I was constantly like, and we'd go to contests all the time together. And I was really feeding to Lynn's like inner boy band love. And I would arrange all of the boy band songs that I could for her. So like she's out of my life was my first tackle, man. Grease. Oh, yes. we were. So- <laughs> anyway, I was a boy bandaholic. So we definitely had our bond there. Why and I, I remember I was getting Chris? ready to go to school and I had been offered some scholarship opportunities to another university. And Lynn was like, hey, if you come to Indiana State, I'll be in a quartet with you. (laughs) I was like, okay, what? And she was like, yep. You come to Indiana State, we're in a quartet. So I went to Indiana State. Barbershop is the best kind of cult. And within, like, within probably six months, that was when the first rendition of Hot Topping formed. And I sang bass as a whole lot of mess. I'm a way better bass now, and I'm still not all that great. I know, I was going to say, Chris, like, you've been gaining notes since I knew you, I'm gaining notes, man. (laughs) I got, like, I got, it was great. I I keep giving Amanda an update every day. I'm like, ooh, I'm on on an A today. We're all bass one. We're all basses now, right? (laughs) So I remember that we, we had one rendition of Hot Topping which we made the top 10 in our first year out. It was amazing. We sang with Karen. It was my first experience of singing with somebody with perfect pitch. It was incredible. She was also a trumpet player who had perfect pitch. So she already knew the pain oh. of singing with, of like looking at music half a step off and being like, what is it? I don't, you know, so, or a whole step, whatever it is. Like it just messed, but she was a musical genius. So she was getting ready to graduate and go do her master's programs. So we picked up, well, I was like, I, maybe I should try baritone. I don't know if I'm so good at this bass thing and I get all nervous doing that. Like, I like over here. And so I switched to baritone and we brought in, and Debbie Miller, who ever the best story everybody always talks about is that Debbie used to change my diapers when I was a baby. So <laughs> that was the first that's story ever. That was the first topic of conversation when of- I met Debbie at where were we? Yeah, we were in change my we were at midwinter in Jacksonville and I got the lovely introduction to her. We have a lot in common. I really like her. Yeah. We should have her on the show too. <laughs> yeah, we can have Deb. Oh my gosh. We got together in April. Yeah. And we won area in June. And then we won international in November. So three of us knew each other really well. And Debbie walked into this trio of, I was eight, 19. Oh, I know I turned 19. No, I think I was still 18 that year <laughs> when we got together. Or maybe I was 19 by then. I don't remember. No, I would have been 19. because Chris really has yet. trouble with dates and, and it's kind uh, of hilarious. And Sherry 
was getting ready to like have babies and Lynn was just being constantly asked when she was going to have babies <laughs> still and I was just a baby like that almost didn't graduate college thanks to Hot Topic I had to go on an extra semester yeah, thanks to the barber shop my parents were none too pleased that happens I know to a lot of people <laughs> anyway but that's how Hot Topic formed it still eludes a lot of people yeah it really you know, does and we were so fortunate we obviously didn't know what we were doing I mean and it was really my first real quartet and then Sherry had a little quartet too and I had a high school quartet and Debbie had like a regionally acclaimed quartet in in the Sweet Adeline's world and she was ready to try out this new <laughs> Harmony Inc. It wasn't even all that new. I mean, guys, it was 2001. <laughs> like we were, you know, in 2001, we were still like, oh, For this reference. is how it happened, Lynn. Yeah. We forgot. What? We were at the show with watching acoustics. Oh, gosh. And we saw Change of Heart, and they were singing with the acoustics, and we said, I want to do that. And they were singing And So to Sleep Again. And we, you, me, and Sherry were there, and we looked at each other, and we're like, I want to do that. Yep. <laughs> and I think we did actually sing in So to Sleep Again, but we got to do it with Gotcha. Gotcha. Exactly. Exactly. So fancy. But, you know, it's so weird, though, to think about. It still kind of baffles me at how quickly it all came together, you know, because you know how hard it is to find four voices that sound good together. And we were so fortunate to have four voices that immediately just sounded like they were born to be together. Like we didn't have to work on our blend. And that's all. something that's all I've done in the last six years of barbershop. I didn't week. realize it at the time. I'm naive thinking, well, this is how it's supposed to work. And then you get into <laughs> another quartet afterwards. You're like, wait a minute. I got I my you know what handed to me many times being told like, hey, I don't know where you sang before, but here I'm like, <laughs> you're like, so look easy. at my crown. I can, I can sing through Lynn just fine. It was so easy, though. I mean, that's the thing. We obviously worked at it and we had to like you know, we kind of had the Cliff Notes version of Barbershop. You know, we had some really great coaches. Just think what we could have done. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's like an awesome, yet almost a little bit sad kind of thing because we were able to get so good in such a short amount of time. But had we had another year, had we had a couple more years to really work on it? I mean, we I, I really had no idea what I was doing. I was like, okay, you tell me what to do. Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay, well, Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it, Amanda? A little you bit, know, it, a little bit. It sounds a little familiar, huh? <laughs> Understanding all those things was not something that we really had the time to do. It was just like, okay, cram. It was like Cliff Notes. Seriously, just cram in all the barbershop knowledge that you can get and then execute it on stage. Okay, great. Okay, now you won. Okay, all right. That was great. But especially knowing now and seeing all the work that my husband's quartet forefront has put in through the years to get to where they are and how hard it is. And, you know, all the things that they had the opportunity, as difficult as it was and as difficult as it is to really achieve that level of barbershop excellence in terms of music and emotion, it's difficult. And, you know, it's been a, a privilege to see it. It's like, on one side, you go, man, I'm glad we didn't have to do all that because whew, <laughs> it's a whole lot of work. But on the other side, you go, man, we really missed the opportunity to do that, to have those kinds of musical moments, to have those types of interpretive moments and those moments where you really make audiences feel something. We had those moments. We certainly had those opportunities, but we did not have that chance to really achieve that level. So I feel grateful, though, that we found each other and that we were able to 
to put together such a fun, entertaining and, and good quality quartet. We had a, a lot of great fun. And you took that straight from our demo reel. <laughs> Live and entertaining and fun quartet. Hot Topic will be a joy to have on all of your shows. We were sassy classy. That's what we were that's, sassy classy. That's what's in my head when I imagine what you all must have been like live, so... Oh my gosh. Kind of goofy. I mean, we were flipping funny. We no. were, but like, not even like, I mean, we were. Well, we were only funny because we thought we were funny. We were nope. Like, that's why, <laughs> that's why people laughed at us because we thought we were funny. The joke song. I was talking to Erin about it the other night. I was like, hot topic. We were trying to remember what we did for our show. And I think we started out, we eventually, once we kind of polished our show, we started out with something big yep, yep. Um, as our opener. And then we went straight into the joke song. And you know, what was great about that song was that immediately it helped the audience realize how goofy we are, how willing we are to make fun of ourselves. And it put them at ease. Yeah. Oh, and man, in the early 2000s when we could do St. Peter jokes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a lot to be said for that. I think a lot of artists, especially on the contemporary side and, and on the barbershop side too, take themselves so seriously. And then right. everyone's like, they look at a quartet like Newfangled Four and they're like, I love watching them. I mean, Newfangled Four could get on stage and sing not a note in tune and I would still love their show. Right. Yeah. And I think Hot Topic sang many shows, not in tune, but we, like, <laughs> you know, and that's another thing that, you know, I wish I had a chance to go back and do over again now watching Forefront and seeing their musical process. Again, we had no idea what we were. We won knowing four songs. Right. We that's didn't amazing. know the theme song. So I pretended to cry until I really cried because I didn't know the words. Yeah. <laughs> I was 19 and I was trying to take music history. I, I didn't have room for anything else. <laughs> no, we knew four songs. People like we. Well, we that's never all could we knew going into international last year too, Chris. So <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But that's the thing, though. We were so rushed uh, that we didn't really get to choose songs that we connected with lyrics. We tried. Yeah, we, we tried. tried once. We tried once. We did a song, and we were like, "This is about our moms." Right. When this they is told about us being we a kid. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, no, you can't sing that. I'm like, but I have a mom. I have a mom and I'm walking and I'm talking. I'm not. It was so funny. Pal of my cradle days. They we sang that song and it was almost like they were trying to say we were too young, but we sang it so well that they couldn't really. That was we almost got That was our almost 80. Yeah. Like they're like, you know, you guys are really too young to be singing this and to so be so good. So well with such emotion. How but dare you? you? Did it. How dare? But we don't believe you. Right. 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 Exactly. But we don't know why we don't believe you. So we're going to still score you really well, but we're going to tell we don't believe you. <laughs> right, exactly. That's a barbershop judging that I'm like, because Chris and I have already been through a couple of reviews and you're like, oh. So we sang this year, Lynn, we sang Death of a Bachelor. We didn't compete with it because we didn't get to the second set, but that was our big little, let's stir the pot and stand there in leather pants singing Death of a Bachelor. That was, that was, <laughs> it was fun. Our symbol is the feminine sign. Yeah, I mean, we just, we kind of wrote, it was our, was our, was our name. We've, we've since reformed. It's always good to, when you get a new member to kind of shake it up and yeah, we keep talking about it every episode. We have done a gig and yes. gotten paid yet never had a rehearsal in the same room. Yay, pandemic. You're probably not alone in that. I was going to say, I think there's probably a lot of quartets that are probably, it'll be interesting to see 
after this pandemic, which quartets are still together and yeah. which ones have reformed or just formed in general, I guess. Yeah. I think in some cases it might rejuvenate some quartets because they'll be like, dude, I've missed you. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I'm not going to take you for granted. But then some, it might just show a level of efficiency that they could have not having to be together all the time (laughs) and do a little bit of your own work. There's no boundaries now to what you can do. And we were fortunate again that you and I were in Terre Haute. Debbie was in Indy and Sherry. Yeah, she had just or recently was moving or something. Exactly. So we were all in close proximity. But my last quartet I sang in was Sandy and Shano and Sherry. Blaze. Drive to drive to St. Louis and we yep, have to yep. spend whole weekend in St. Louis. So I And it was always you felt worth it, right? Because I mean you got access to David, but then after a while it doesn't matter. What, so far. It doesn't matter yeah. how fun it is. Amanda lives about an hour and 20 minutes on a good day in traffic. It's when I joined hard. Rogue, I was in the car for five hours for to rehearsals. rehearse for like maybe two. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's the thing for us with Blaze. I would leave for St. Louis on Friday night after work, drive to St. Louis. We would practice all day on Saturday and then practice Sunday morning. And then Shano would fly back to Toledo. Sherry and I would drive back to our respective places. And it it just, you know, as much as you get out of it, and we were rehearsing maybe twice a month, sometimes once a month, because that's really all our schedules would allow. allow. And, you know, as much as you enjoy it, it's tiring. You're like, okay, is this really worth it? Do I want to continue this? And so, you know, I hope that this pandemic has created some opportunities for people to find quartets, to have those rehearsals virtually, think about, you know, some of the challenges that especially we as women have sometimes, you know, again, I don't have any kids, but for those of you that have children trying to juggle your barbershop schedule with, you know, your kids' schedules and... I'm in my closet. I'm in my closet. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I mean. Like I've locked my family upstairs. I said, be quiet. (laughs) I've locked three doors between me and my closet. Like, it's like an escape room in here. That's the thing. You're trying to make those adjustments. And, you know, not that guys don't have to make those adjustments. They do, too. But I think a lot of times women have a lot of that burden of care for their kids, for their families, and and trying to fit in a hobby that you really want to fit in is difficult sometimes, you know, because there's that guilt, okay, I'm leaving my kids four, five, six hours for a full weekend, whatever it takes. And I hope that this pandemic, you know, is horrible as it is, I hope there are some positives and some opportunities that are created for people to reconnect with each other, reconnect with the hobbies that they enjoy, and find ways to make it work. And I hope that those choruses and quartets that are making those exceptions right now will continue to make those even after this is over, you know, now that they realize they can do this and you can open yourself up to to new talent, new friendships, new opportunities. Lynn, it has been so good to catch up with you. Well, it was really well, nice was to great. meet you, Lynn. Thanks for coming. Nice show. to meet you too. And thank you for, for the time and giving me the opportunity just to hang out for a little bit. Look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah. Hopefully soon. We'll see you next Tuesday.